Hello, you cat and dog people. This is It's Training Cats and Dogs, the show for people with both cats and dogs who want peace in their home and peace between their animals. I'm Naomi Rotenberg, your source of practical strategies for keeping everyone in your multi-species household safe and sane. And today's episode is a dog and cat chat with Michelle and Cal. Thank you so much for being here and taking some time to talk with me. Yeah. Thanks for having the fun. I am excited. You are planning ahead for animals to integrate together. It's one of my favorite things to do. So tell me about your pets, your current situation, your plans, and then we'll hop into what you might be able to do to prepare. Do you want to talk about the cats first? Sure. Yeah. So I live in a house with two cats that took a while to integrate with each other as well. Mm -hmm. And Cal and my other partner, AJ, are moving in with their Pitbull, who's, what, she's like 50 pounds or something. Yeah. And she is very activated by cats that she sees in the neighborhood. And she's, one, a, she's a big chaser. Mm-hmm. I saw a cat. <laughs> the anxious cat. He is very afraid of any kind of change and has bad reactions, like he stops peeing for example so we've got some health concerns on the stress side so did you see that happening when you tried to integrate the cats before there was urinary issues there wasn't actually with just the two cats but lately if anything if we even like move some big furniture he might react that way yeah what was the last thing that caused him to like because you had a urine crystals scare recently with him yeah but i forgot what the stress was but it was like this year i don't remember yeah. either yeah. yeah he's he's easily stressed and oh. i think having a dog in his space is going to be really hard for him yeah yeah, yeah. if for, moving furniture is a stressor then having another large living being would probably qualify yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is he on any anti-anxiety medication he isn't right now i tried cbd and he doesn't really care about taking the treat so yeah it's it's a process to get him to go to the vet mm. so i've kind of been waiting on that as well if it's a good idea or not. Yeah, so we might think about whether we would preemptively assist him. (laughs) I'm not a vet, so I can't help you with any of that particular stuff in terms of recommendations. But a vet who is familiar with behavior or they can potentially remotely consult with a veterinary behaviorist would be the ones who would be able to properly assess whether this is a good way to go because you have some time before you're moving in that might actually be something to work on and try to figure out earlier rather than later because some of the medications that they might prescribe take a while to kind of come on board and for anyone who's listening who's like I can't even think about pilling my cat. Some of the medications I've had clients are successful with like, uh, it goes through skin. So you can like rub it on their ears and they Mm -hmm. tend to actually like that. So it can be a relatively positive experience. Um, If he's like, I don't even want the CBD treats, then you have other options too. But aside from that, I just want to make sure that, you know, we don't see major health concerns from acute stress because it seems like that's a possibility. So tell me a little bit about the other cat. What are, What is the scaredy cat's name, by the way? <laughs> the scaredy cat's name is Mary. Mary. Uh, from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And the other cat is Sandy, and he is a big orange cat that wants everyone's attention all the time. I have not seen him around a dog before, but 
Well, no, I saw him around an old dog and he was very happy that the old dog was there. So <laughs> what did that behavior look like? He was rubbing on the dog like he does to humans and just like circling the dog outside. So is there like a emotional sport animal style relationship between them? <laughs> Do they help each other out? Do they have a relationship with each other or are they just kind of exist in the same space? They have a relationship with each other. They cuddle and they also fight and play. I don't know. I, I don't think Sandy supports Mary emotionally. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think they... they I've, even recently, they've gotten even like a little more close, though, it seems like. But I think that Sandy has been a source of stress for Mary in the past. And sometimes he wants to play and Mary doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. So basically how Sandy treats people, which is please give me attention all the time, is also how he treats his fellow animals. Mm-hmm. So let's switch gears then and talk about our incoming dog friend. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about their personality. And we know that they like to chase cats outside. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Her name is Pike, and uh, she is maybe three to four. Mm -hmm. We got her in 2019. She'd already been spayed. Mm -hmm. She'd had puppies before that, so we know she was at least that old. Mm -hmm. Some of the puppy energy has worn off since then, so she's not quite as active, but she's still quite an active dog and Mm -hmm. really loves to be let loose to run around, needs a good deal of exercise, like one walk a day is fine, but she will definitely go out very enthusiastically for that second walk. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, her she's pretty intensely focused on squirrels and cats in the neighborhood when walking. Loves to try and see if she can chase them down. Um, so it's we were told that she is good with other dogs and good with kids and cats as well mm-hmm. in terms of a living situation. But up till now, we've not had the opportunity to test that with cats. So has she proved good with other dogs and kids? Yeah, she's pretty enthusiastic. She does need to be shown how not to play with kids the same way that she plays with dogs. Mm -hmm. So that has been a small thing that we've had to like, make sure that she has a little distance from young children, because she is very happy to try and, you know, play with them the same way that she would play with, you know, another dog. Yeah. Does she have the typical kind of pibble bowling ball play style yeah i think so yeah (laughs) you're just like i'm just gonna be on you yeah she wants to get into it she's pretty polite about it actually and she's she's had a lot of socialization with other dogs so she does a lot of play bow stuff a lot of like getting the other animal into it and Mm -hmm. she doesn't just go for it straight away but if they will ramp up with her she will ramp right up okay so the initial outset brain waves that are happening is that we need to have very different approaches for the two cats and so is pike moving into the cat space yeah okay so i would prepare to have a very secure safe space for our scaredy cat friend that he might not leave for a while um do you have a space in your house that would work for that i mean you've talked about the bedroom being like maybe like not even being going going in there because of the bed stuff so maybe that could be within that room he could have a safe zone it's also where he hid when i first brought sandy here he stayed in that room for almost three months so we could probably do the master bedroom that's perfect because then he would have company in the evening if he wants to if it you know the house is quiet he might be interested in coming out i would prepare that room with as much enrichment as possible i would have at least one cat tree i would have some 
hidey holes for him. I would try to block off under the bed though, because we don't want him to be unreachable <laughs> if in an emergency, but any kind of different types of spaces that are possible for him to explore without having to do anything in particular <laughs> would probably be good. And you have experience with his behavior during a similar yeah. thing. So you know that we go at his pace. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good expectation wise, right? I just want to make sure that that room is as set up as possible ahead of time so that when you, cause you don't want to add furniture and have him stop peeing. <laughs> right. So that's an important thing for him. And what you might find is that the cat's relationship might regress when the dog comes because I anticipate that there might be interactions that would cause the scent of the dog to rub off. And then if they come in contact, it might be difficult. He's not going to smell like himself. <laughs> so these are just things to consider. You might need to go back in terms of keeping the cats separated for a while until you see what the behaviors look like. And so that room will be closed off and should have a double layer of management so that the dog cannot come in. So that means at least like a baby gate and a door. I don't know if she's able to jump gates. It's funny. Pike doesn't seem to know that she can jump. <laughs> For the last couple of years, she's lived with a fence that she can definitely jump over. It's never occurred to her to try. Yeah. Got it. Um, excellent. We love a dog that is not very yeah. forward thinking. Um, so, so what I would also recommend is starting to teach her some different types of exercise and enrichment activities that are calming in the house and can get her chase drive out outside. So one of the first things that I always recommend in these situations is to try a flirt pole. A flirt pole is a very large cat toy, like for a dog. So it's a pole with a string and a dog set <laughs> safe toy um, that you're swinging around with the toy along the ground and the dog is able to chase the toy and grab it. So you are letting them go through that whole predatory sequence. Some people even let the dogs like chew on the toy and stuff like that to really like get their needs met in an appropriate way. But you don't want to be playing this game with high intensity for long periods of time. So what I usually recommend is you install some parameters around it, some rules so that you basically say, okay, go chase. She chases, she catches it. And then you work on settling down okay. for a little bit, getting that heart rate down. And then as a reinforcer for calm-ish behavior, you then start playing again. Okay, And so that will do a couple of things. One is getting that chase need out. Number two is it's helping her practice coming down from a high arousal state that she might get into if she sees a cat in her house. So that would be a fun thing for you guys to start trying with her ahead of time, see how she likes it. Some dogs lose their brains around a flirt pole. And so we don't want her to lose her brain. We want her to 
<laughs> be able to engage with it appropriately. And so that's going to, that's a skill that takes a little bit of time to work through. And so I would recommend that you might use that when cats come so that you can kind of slake off some of the frustration that might happen because you're trying to prevent her from chasing a cat. But it is very possible that she can learn to live with cats and not behave in the same way that she does with cats outside. It's very common that they can differentiate (laughs) those two types of things. So there's a complicating factor with that Mm -hmm. in that the cats go outside. Fun. Okay. Are they free to roam? Do you let them out and then bring them back in? So they're not like free to roam. They can't, they can't go in and out by themselves. They need a human to let them out. Okay. So that's good because then you can at least (laughs) make sure that it's not like, oh God, there's a cat out there and we didn't anticipate it. So that would require communication between the humans to make sure that everyone knows like cats are in, cats are out. Sometimes I make like have people make signs like the doctor is in like from, um, you know, peanut. Oh, Charlie Brown. Yeah, Charlie Brown. <laughs> it's like cats are in, cats are out. You flip it back and forth. So that is a complicating factor. But because of the way you have it set up, I would not anticipate that it would be that difficult to work through that. Yeah. And you will want to set up gates all around your house at first to make sure that any chases that might happen get stopped very quickly just by the environment. (laughs) In addition to training that you would do with her or you might have already done with her to be able to handle turning away from something that's very distracting, you want to make sure that if those who's fail there is no way for her to, you know, bowling ball into a cat that they can escape easily. Right. So let's recap. <laughs> Lots of things that we can do ahead of time. And then as the day of moving comes closer, having some follow-up to see what's been working and what hasn't. So what, what are you going to do in terms of the bedroom setup? So, I mean, we talked about like hidey holes and getting things set up right now so that it's not like the dog is here and there's furniture moving around. Exactly. Also like blocking under the beds, which is already covered uh, in our house. Okay. And um, what else are we thinking with the bedroom? Oh, maybe a gate. So, oh, right. Yeah. Putting a gate so that there's two forms of barriers at the door. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And what other things would you be wanting to install throughout the rest of the house. The gates, there's definitely a lot of places where we can put extra gates. And then, you know, we've been talking about putting up cat walk shelves Mm -hmm. for them to escape upwards. I'm sure that would be helpful. Yes, definitely. And then maybe a cats are out, cats are in sign. (laughs) (laughs) And you want to set all those things up ahead of time, again, so that the cats are used to using those to like navigating through a closed gate jumping over a closed gate if they can. So you could get the gates that have the little cat doors. They're not jumpers. Those can work well. But if they are jumpers, then some cats are just like, I don't care about that little hole. I'm just going to just go right over it. You know your cat's best. So I would also recommend the gates that you get should be ones that are like metal and with doors so that the humans don't have to jump over them every time. You're going to have gates for a while, especially if someone who may or may not be in the bedroom for a while decides one day that he's ready to come out. 
um, <laughs> and then is surprised. The other canine member of the family is too close. So <laughs> they're, they're going to be up for a while. And then enrichment-wise for Pike, we talked about Flirt Pole specifically. And then working on some of her training too of like can she turn away from distractions and kind of brushing that up as well yeah pike right now does no uh sit and down and stay Mm -hmm. so she's she's not bad with those when there's not a distracting animal in the room we've not trained it with with that situation but we have a good base yeah that's great i have certain protocols that help that so like there's specific orders of different kinds of simulatory, simulatory, that's not a word, (laughs) cat-like distractions that you can do synthetically. You don't have to like actually have cat there because you want to make sure that she's got some (laughs) the skills under her belt before you bring someone else in. You can also train the cats. So I would recommend training them to go up on those shelves, giving them treats, following a toy up there so that those spots become really reinforcing for them. And it's really like a no brainer for them to jump up. If there is a chase, they need to like know that that's an option for them. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. You also mentioned, I believe, putting a cat tree, at least one into the bedroom Mm -hmm. regarding enrichment. So I think that was also a good point. Yeah. Bedrooms by law need to have windows, right? So (laughs) I would put it near near a window if possible so that he could look out when he's done, you know, hiding. That makes sense. (laughs) so do you have any questions i know that's a lot of stuff but it's like a pretty discreet checklist that you can kind of work through anything that needs clarification that you want more information about we had i don't know what this exactly was based on but we had discussed uh having pike be in a specific room like her having her crate in a room and that's like pike's room while mary adjusts to the dog smell and all of that yes so everyone should have their own safe space the crate at the very minimum would be the safe space and that includes keeping the cats away from the crate so having the crate and then a door for pike to have pike's room would be perfect and then obviously the scents would get distributed in the communal areas of the house so yeah having cat free zone so that she can chill If she's unable to chill when there is a cat around or potentially a cat around, then it's good to have a space where that's totally cat-free, just like each of the cats need a totally dog-free zone. And like we talked about, each cat will probably need their own space because the bedroom might not be shareable while acute stress is happening. But that's something that we'll have to just kind of see as we go. Yeah. Hmm. Sandy can pretty much go with the flow, but it sounds like we should maybe have him a, a, a zone of his own. Yeah, it wouldn't necessarily have to be like as secure if the other animals are secured very well, but that two levels of management is important at the boundaries of those safe spaces at the very least. And then in the communal areas, again, those kind of single barrier gates where he could get to one side of a of a gate pretty easily should be enough at least for now and then as needs arise then you can always adjust right that makes a lot of sense cool i am excited for you all this is a uh 
it's a project. Definitely check with vet things because we want to make sure that everyone is set up for success as much as possible. I look forward to seeing how things go. Yeah, thanks so much for your time. I hope that everyone who is listening got some good tips from our pre-integration plan. And if this episode has helped you feel less alone in your struggles or planning to integrate your cats and dogs, please subscribe so you don't miss any episode. And I would love if you would take a few minutes to review the podcast because your support helps other people find this show and get access to cat and dog specific content. And if you want to be awesome like Michelle and Cal and do a dog and cat chat with me on the podcast, you make sure to follow me on Instagram at Praiseworthy Pets, and there's a link in my bio to schedule a time. That is all for this episode, you wonderful cat and dog people. I will see you next week for more It's Training Cats and Dogs. <laughs>